You're listening to audio from Grace Community Church in Anger, North Carolina. More information about Grace Community Church can be found at graceccnc.org. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, well, it's, it's me again this morning. So I did your welcome, I did your prayer time, I want to do your preaching too, so I could lead worship, but we have Tristan, so I'm glad. That's what you do at camp, you do it all. You'd be, I mentioned, I stayed there for 10 years, I lived there. You'd be cooking food, and then you'd be strumming the guitar, then you'd be preaching, and then you'd be lighting the campfire. You do it all in one night. Um, so no campfires today, and I'm not playing music, thankfully for you, I'm not playing music. Uh, but Pastor Brad had planned to be out, it's been scheduled, um, so he's not here uh, this morning. As mentioned, David, they're recovering with Jesse, um, so, and Keisha and Jeff, they were part of the group at TVR, so as a precaution, again, they're just taking a, taking a week away here. Um, but Pastor Brad assigned me last Monday, he said, I want you to preach the second message uh, through Proverbs. And um, I said, great, all right, I've never preached through Proverbs before. I knew it was going to be uh, different, and I... When I started to begin preparing for this message, I thought, wow, yeah, this is, this is a lot. Proverbs is a different animal, uh, but it's my privilege, and I'm very grateful to be able to preach this morning from the book of Proverbs. Um, for those of you uh, who are new, we are taking just a mini little three-week segment um, to preach through Proverbs, not through Proverbs, in Proverbs. <laughs> so uh, we're calling it a glimpse in Proverbs. Uh, we've been going through the Psalms this summer. We'll pick up, uh, we'll begin the book of Titus this fall. But we took a little mini break, three weeks from the Psalms to take a glimpse into Proverbs. And uh, Pastor Brad will be back next week to wrap up our final message in Proverbs. Well, he began last week preaching chapter one, verses one through seven. And I believe next week he's going to end with the last seven verses of Proverbs. So our text this morning is Proverbs 1, chapter 8, through 31, 24. I'm just kidding. We're not going to preach that whole thing. Um, that's how, because Proverbs doesn't really work that way anyway. Uh, we preach, as you know, expositionally here. We take verse by verse. Proverbs, again, is a bit of a different animal. Uh, you don't really approach the book in sections. Now, as you'll see, we will this morning in chapter 9. The first nine chapters are a bit different, but it's just books uh, it's a book full of Proverbs, these two or three little sayings of wisdom, and you kind of have to study it systematically, and you have to recognize the themes that are repeated, and uh, you have to study those and see how they are throughout the book. But the first nine chapters are a bit different, uh, just as the last chapter, chapter 31, is a bit different. Then you have these 21 chapters in the middle that would be what we recognize as Proverbs proper, pro- proper these, 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 these little, again, segments of wisdom. Well, Pastor Brad last week in verses one through seven of the first chapter, he taught us a few things about Proverbs to kind of give us a baseline, some framework to begin our few weeks taking a glimpse into Proverbs. He talked about the theme of Proverbs, and he talked about the audience of the book. He talked about the uh, benefits of the book, and then he ended with seven things you can learn from the book of Proverbs. So if you had, have not heard that message, if you weren't here, I encourage you to go to our website, and you can listen to that message that Pastor Brad preached last week. You can also download the transcript, and you can read it. You might can read quicker than you can listen to it. So that's also available at our, at our website. I encourage you to check that out. Well, believe it or not, the book of Proverbs is a book of grace. The book of Proverbs is a gospel book. It's given to us in the Bible from God, and it contains good news for bad people. Proverbs is a book of grace filled with good news for God's people, too. So as our custom this morning, I'm going to ask you to stand one more time. I'm going to read the first six verses of our passage this morning. Proverbs chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. And I want you to hear the word of the Lord. It begins with this, verse 1. Wisdom has built 
her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beast and she has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, come, eat of my bread, drink of the wine I've mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. And as Pastor Brad says, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, undoubtedly, throughout life, I don't always make the right decisions. Uh, this probably doesn't come as a surprise to you. It comes as a surprise, as a surprise to me every time. I so, uh, tend to be so proud, but I do not always make the right decisions. And it's hard whenever I find that out time and time again. And whenever we read the book of Proverbs, as when we read any book from the Bible, it's a bit of a mirror held up in front of us. And a lot of times it can show us what we truly look like. And as you read through the book of Proverbs, sometimes you might be more discouraged than encouraged. As you read through Proverbs, sometimes you may feel more condemned than freed. You see, Proverbs can show us all the wrong that we do. And it can leave us sometimes feeling helpless. But that is if we read the Proverbs as law. We shouldn't read the Proverbs as law. We also shouldn't read the Proverbs as a book of promises. No, Proverbs is a book of general principles. It's not law. It's not promises. They're not these mechanical formulas. They're general principles that we are to take and we are to apply to individual situations of life. It's not mechanical. No, the book of Proverbs is a gift from God. And it's for us, revealing to us how we as God's people can live in everyday life, practical life. How can we live God says, here is a book to show you how to live wisely, the book of Proverbs. And of course, it shouldn't be a surprise that Jesus, who was God in the flesh, he was the embodiment of the wisdom that we read about in Proverbs, who reveals to us Jesus how he lived. We know Jesus, he was for the lowly, thankfully. Jesus, he isn't for the proud. Jesus is for the broken. He's not for those who think they are perfect. Jesus, he's for those who know they make mistakes, not those who just like to point out the mistakes of others. Therefore, this morning, if you find that you are humbled, if you find that you are broken, if you admit that you make mistakes, then I want you to know that Proverbs isn't in the Bible to show you who you are not, but Proverbs is in the Bible to show you who you can be through Jesus and what he can do and how he will guide you through life if you submit to the ways of wisdom his ways. Proverbs, it's for those who know they still have a long ways to go. Proverbs is for those of us who know that if it weren't for God's grace, we would have no hope. It's for those who know we still have a lot to learn. It's for those of us who know we have a lot of maturing still to do. It's for those who know they need to grow in wisdom in matters of everyday life so that we can live according to God's design, which will be for our good and will definitely be for his glory. Proverbs for people who know they have need. Here again, verses four and five say this, whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, come eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. I am so thankful that Proverbs, as in the Bible, it's an invitation for those of us who are so over themselves, who know that we don't have it in us to muster up goodness. The Bible's for deficient people and Proverbs is from God. And it's given to his people as instruction, as an invitation to live wisely. And he says, I will be all that you need to do so. 
As I mentioned earlier, chapter one through nine, kind of like chapter 31, they're, they're written different than the 21 chapters that are in between. But this morning, we're going to look at chapter nine in its entirety. And I want you to keep in mind, in the book of Proverbs, especially as we see here in chapter nine, well, it's written as a, young, as a, a father writing to a young man. He's writing to his son. And it's important for us to remember the imagery that the author's given us here, especially as chapter nine. You have this father instructing his son to pick wisdom. You have lady wisdom and you have lazy, lady folly, these ladies who are calling out to this young son to pick them. And the father's saying, I want you to pick wisdom. And here are these segments of arguments in the first nine chapters of why you should pick wisdom. Building up to chapter nine, lady wisdom, she's been presented to the son as striking. I mean, she is there for calling out for him and he runs into her on the path in which he is walking. However, it's not just Lady Wisdom that he runs into, but we'll read that there's also another lady, Lady Folly, who is calling out to him as she stands opposite from Lady Wisdom. And the father's saying, I want you to choose wisely. It's important which path you choose. Maybe you remember the first day of school growing up. Uh, you have to make an important decision on the first day of school. And maybe your parents talk to you about this decision, about who you will be with. Whether you walk on the bus or you walk in the classroom or you step into the lunchroom, you have a decision to make on the first day. Who are you going to sit with? Where are you going to sit? It's not just a position that you're picking. You're also picking a people. And it gets hard to change that the longer you wait to build up the courage to leave. Again, not just a place, but you also have to leave a people. The longer you wait, the harder it will become. And this father's instructing his son in Proverbs saying, I want you to choose wisely. And we too, as readers, we're urged to choose wisely, to choose lady wisdom over lady folly. However, we all know that having knowledge to choose wisdom, just me telling you that this morning isn't going to make you wise. If you go home and you read the book of Proverbs or you memorize a Proverbs, that's not enough to make you wise. As a matter of fact, chapter 26, verse 7 tells us that a proverb in the mouth of a fool, it's as useless as a paralyzed leg. It's a little book I read this week by a guy named Tripper Longman III. It's uh, entitled, How to Read Proverbs. And he says this. He says, wisdom is not intelligence, pure and simple. It does not necessarily exclude intelligence, but that's not the focus. Proverbs itself attributes wisdom to a series of animals. Not because they have great intelligence, but because they know how to navigate life well. There are four things on earth that are unusually small, but unusually wise. Ants, he says, they aren't strong, but they store up food all summer. Rock badgers, they aren't powerful, but they make their homes among the rocks. Locusts, they have no king, but they march in formation. Lizards, they can be easy to catch, but they're found even in king's palaces. These animals, they don't have a high IQ, but these verses plainly describe a skill in living that is remarkable. You see, for Proverbs to have an effect on your life, you have to do more than just read it. You don't have to do more than just memorize it. You have to actually submit to the ways of wisdom as revealed to us in the book of Proverbs. Day in and day out, you have to choose the way of wisdom, which is the way of Jesus, which is why it's important for us to have a steady diet of Proverbs in our life which I'll mention Pastor Brad last month or last week, he encouraged us for the month of August, our church to read through the book of Proverbs, one chapter a day. Today's August 1st, you begin with chapter one. Maybe you can count chapter nine for today and then start tomorrow with two, however you wanna do it. But one chapter a day through the month of August, he's encouraged our church 
to read through the book of Proverbs. So a little reminder, uh, today is the day to start chapter one. And you'll find out as you read it that Proverbs knows us. Just as the father who is writing to his son, he knows what he needs to hear. The writers of Proverbs, they know us. Pastor and commentator Ray Ortland, he says that we have histories. Proverbs knows this, that we have histories. We're no longer blank slates. We have scribbles and erasures and misspellings and doodlings written messily all over us. In fact, we're born complicated. We were born with a bias toward folly. We were born guilty. Theologians call it original sin, and it's real. You see, it's not our default to make wise choices. It's not. It's not our default to make wise choices, but it is our default to make selfish choices. It's at least my default to whine, to be lazy, to play the victim. And like the sun, I'm sure you two have been confronted on the path of life with two paths, two choices. Every day, will you listen to folly or will you listen to wisdom? Which will you submit to? Because they're both calling to you, wanting you to join them. And just as the Proverbs reveal to us a son who has to make a choice, it also tells us that we too must make a choice. Will we submit to wisdom or, or folly? The decision has to be made. So we've already read verses one through six. We began our time with that. And we heard the call of lady wisdom. And you'll see in the first nine chapters, as you read through over the first nine days, the book of Proverbs, if you choose to do so, you'll see that lady wisdom, she's bold. I mean, she's not afraid to go out to the masses to where the people are because she carries a message with her that she wants everyone to hear. And then we get to chapter nine, we see where Lady Wisdom lives. She has a big house that is perfect. Seven pillars it has. There's room for you. Lady Folly, she's Lady Wisdom, she's prepared a lavish banquet with rich food and sweet wine, and she has sought you out to make sure that you know that you are invited. This invitation should sound familiar to us as from Jesus himself. This banquet is hosted by Lady Wisdom, and this banquet is the gateway in which the simple and find life. However, you must turn to the invitation of Lady Wisdom. You must turn to her. Just as you have to turn to the invitation of Jesus, you must turn to Lady Wisdom and away from the company of the simple. And then you will enter and you will find that you have new company. You have a new community of wisdom seekers that you're walking with who through Jesus are living a supernatural life, able to live with insight. But Lady Wisdom's not the only one calling. As you have probably heard in your own life, and as I've mentioned already this morning, there is someone else who is calling for you. There's also Lady Folly. Let's look at verses 13 through 18. They say this, the woman Folly is loud. She is seductive, she knows nothing. But she sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat on the highest places of town, calling to those who pass by, who are going straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet, bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there, that their guests are in the depths of Sheol. Now, I'm sure you've noticed some parallels here between Lady Folly's invitation and Lady Wisdom's invitation. However, they are very different. At the core, Lady Folly, she is a fraud. Lady Folly, she offers up promises that she, frankly, is not able to deliver on. She's lazy. Lady Folly didn't even build her own house. She didn't even make preparations for you. She's actually just propped up against her house, making a call for those who pass by. She's entitled. 
thinking that her boisterous voice and her appearance will be enough to bring you in so that she can get from you what she wants. Lady Folly, her offerings are embellished. They're just short-sighted. They're only half-truths. Yeah, she offers just water and bread, but she tells you that the water is stolen and that it's sweet. Sure, it may be sweet, but we know only for a time. She says pleasures in secret can be pleasant. Sure, but only for a time. Half-truths, short-sighted. She's a fraud. But she's inviting you into her banquet, which we know will lead to death. Or you have wisdom folly, lady wisdom, inviting you to a banquet that will lead to life. Well, the, the father in, Hebrew, in uh, Proverbs chapter 9 here, he's saying, son, you've you got to make a choice here. Because beginning in chapter 10, for the next 21 chapters, there are these Proverbs that are listed for us. And you need to know, have you chosen folly or have you chosen wisdom to know who you are and how to interpret those Proverbs? You must first decide to be the fool or to be the wise. Some of you this morning, though, you may know, gosh, I think I've made the wrong choice. <laughs> I think I've chosen folly. Might I say, haven't we all at some point or another? But I want you to know that Proverbs is a gospel book. It's given to us in the Bible, offering good news to bad people, for those of us who would receive it and that we would believe it. However, not everyone will receive God's word. Not everyone hear the, hears the good news and receives it. Definitely not everyone hears the good news and believes it. You see, there's hope for the fool, though. Thank God, there's hope for the simple. There is hope for the immature, or else I wouldn't have any hope at all. But chapter 9 tells us in verses 7 and 8, there's not hope for another, for the one who's a scoffer. Look at verse seven and eight. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse, and he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer, or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, he will love you. See, a scoffer will not even give ear to the call of lady wisdom because he does not want correction. He doesn't believe he needs correction. You see, the scoffer, he sees that he's the one who is to give everyone else correction. The scoffer, he's easily offended, and you dare not cross him. Should you question him, then he will punish you, and he will make everything out to be your fault. Look out for the scoffer. He's dangerous. He accuses, and there's no hope for the scoffer. But there is hope for the simple. There is hope for the foolish, should we desire to be wise. Let's look at verses 9 through 12. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me your days will be multiplied, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. But verse 12 can be a bit tough here, but I think verse 12 makes it very clear for us that there is great gain for the one who chooses the way of wisdom. But verse 12 also shows us that there is great loss for the scoffer. You see, the scoffer, he alone will bear his penalty because he refuses instruction. And you too, as the son, we must decide for ourselves this morning, will we receive the invitation to walk in wisdom or will we reject it and walk in folly? Beware. Lady Folly's company is the dead. And your destination, should you choose folly, will be the grave. You can still choose. 
Maybe you've responded to the call of Lady Folly, but you're saying, Ricky, I wish I would have chosen wisdom, but I've made my choice. I want you to know that God is so good that verse 5 shows us that he even makes repentance into a banquet. That's how good God is. It's not too late for you. Lady Wisdom says, my bread and the wine I have mixed here for you. And we'll see in John 6, they find their fulfillment in Jesus himself. It's not too late this morning, should you be hearing this, to change your mind. There is still hope for you to hear the good news. You can believe the good news. And I want you to know that Jesus went to the grave for you so that right now, while you are still here, there is time for you to repent and to choose wisdom, to choose the way of Jesus so that you too can rise from the grave and that you can receive his invitation and you can live. But maybe you've chosen Jesus. You've chosen the way of wisdom. But you say, Ricky, I'm still enticed. I'm still, sometimes I give in to folly. Haven't we all? But I want you to hear the good news that Proverbs has for you too, that God's grace is greater than our sin. Charles Spurgeon, he helps us see the grace of Christ whenever he says this, the gate of mercy is opened and over the door it is written, there is a faithful saying and worthy of acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He says between the word save and the next word sinners, there's no adjective. It does not say penitent sinners, awakened sinners, sensible sinners, grieving sinners, or alarmed sinners. No, it only says sinners. And Spurgeon says, I know this, when I come, I come to Christ today. I dare not come as a conscience sinner or an awakened sinner, but I have come as a sinner, sinner with nothing in my hands. Will you today, whether it be for the first time or the hundredth time, will you today turn to Jesus and receive his wisdom? Turn to Jesus, who was the embodiment of wisdom, the one who knew no sin, but for our sake, God made him to be sin so that we can become the righteousness of God. Will you come today and choose Jesus? Will you choose wisdom? Who stands in place of Lady Folly in your life? Lady Folly, I know, is calling out to you too. Who stands in place of Lady Folly in your life, enticing you to consider things or people to be more important than Jesus? For you, is it money? Is it power? Is it pleasure? What temptations? Is it addiction? You see, behind Lady Folly, I want you to know there's a supernatural power at work, the devil. Just as behind, though, Lady Wisdom, there's a supernatural power, the Holy Spirit that will prevail. Should you submit, which he, which will you choose? Will you dine with the devil or will you dine with Jesus? My prayer is that you choose Jesus. My prayer is that you submit to Jesus. My prayer is that you believe in Jesus and you begin walking in wisdom. That's what Proverbs is for. It is to instruct God's people how to live for his glory and how to walk in his ways. Should you be God's children, submit to the wisdom of Proverbs and walk in his way. I love what commentator Derek Kidner, he says that Proverbs function in scripture is to put godliness into working clothes. The function of Proverbs and Scripture is to put godliness in the working clothes. I like that a lot. You see, Proverbs doesn't just tell us how to live wisely in church, but also how to live when we're at work, how to live when we're at home, how to live on the weekends when we're with our friends, how to live when we're alone. 
It's who Jesus' followers are. We walk in the way of wisdom because it's the way of Jesus. So if you've determined this morning that you've been choosing folly over wisdom, if you've been believing the empty promises, the deception of lady folly, I want you to know it's not too late to abandon the dead and join the living. You're invited to the banquet, and it's been prepared for you. Believe in Jesus. Jesus said, as recorded in John chapter 6, he says, I'm the bread of life. (laughs) Feast. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks of my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on that last day. Choose Jesus, there is life. Choose Jesus to submit to his ways, there is life. You see, Jesus doesn't just provide for you the ability to live the Christian life. Jesus has actually already done it for you and lived it for you. Therefore, we can continually approach him, carrying nothing with us, leaving our Christian merit badges behind and just holding out our empty hands of faith. We can approach Christ with only our need and admitting that we are deficient. And over and over again, Christ in his wisdom, he says to us, welcome. Welcome. It's time to leave your simple ways behind and begin to live. It's time to walk in wisdom. The only way to walk in wisdom is to reject the offerings of this world. Reject out the call of lady folly and choose Jesus. Choose the ways of wisdom, the ways of Jesus. And this invitation is for you. It's for me. And it is great news for us. Great news that simple fools we can become wise saints. Thanks be to Jesus. Amen. If you have your uh, communion cup, you can go ahead and grab it and you can peel off that top layer. On the first and third Sunday of every month, we participate in the Lord's Supper together. And so this is the first Sunday of August. So we're gonna participate in the Lord's Supper together this morning to conclude our time. This is a spiritual meal where we come together and we remember the sacrifice of Jesus for our sin. The sacrifice, it's eternal nourishment for us. Jesus given for us. His body given for us, his blood shed for us. That's what the wafer and the juice represent as we come together and that nourishes us this morning. It's a spiritual meal. It's important that we partake of this meal together as the body of Christ, which... We're many consisting of one, but together we come together and we rest in Jesus for our salvation. Therefore, this meal is for those who do just that, rest in Jesus alone for their eternal hope of heaven. And if you don't yet do that, then I ask you not to participate in this meal, but I want you to watch. I want you to see a people who believe and receive the sacrifice of Jesus for our sins. And my prayer is that you too soon will turn in repentance to the Lord and that you will believe. So we approach the table in a serious manner. And I'm gonna give you a moment just in a second to reflect on your life with the Lord. We take this meal seriously. I don't expect you to come perfectly. The Lord doesn't expect you to come to his table perfectly. When I say take it seriously, I mean that we're not withholding any sin between us and Jesus, thinking that his sacrifice wasn't enough to cover it. Let's search our hearts and make sure we're not withholding any sin between us and the Lord. 
because his grace is greater than our sin. Will you believe it? Us partaking of this meal together is our expression of yes, we believe it. So take a moment and reflect on your life, making sure there's no sin between you and God. Paul says to us, the Apostle Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he says, For I received from the Lord what I also deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. He took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And come he will. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand, and we're going to close with a benediction. So... Ben Grumbach's going to lead us in our benediction. Thank you for listening to audio from Grace Community Church, located in North Carolina. Feel free to make copies of this audio content to share with others. But please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Grace Community Church, go to graceccnc.org.